0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Oh, that's better. That's really good. Good to get a response. Get a good positive response. I'm going to pray as well, if that's okay. We can never have too much prayer, can we? Father, we thank you for your grace Everyone say grace. Father, we thank you for your mercy. Everyone say mercy. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Everyone say faithfulness. Father, thank you as I stand here before you today. I thank you. I stand here in the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come. You're the true teacher. I'm just the messenger. Thank you as I share the word of life this morning that faith would grow in every heart, displaying all fear, doubt and unbelief. Thank you, Father God, that every ear is open, every heart is open to receive that which the Spirit would say to the church today in these end times. And Father, we alone give you glory and you praise because you are truly the King of kings and Lord of lords. And if you love the Lord, you'll say Amen. Amen. We're looking at a series called Heroes of Faith. I'm going to continue with Noah. Um, But before I get into the heart of the message... There are some who believe that there's a message behind the message. If you look at your Bibles, you can read the the words on the pages of your Bible and not really get into the depth of the meaning of of what we're reading sometimes. And uh, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. We're going to have a bit of a quiz this morning. That's right. Who likes a bit of a quiz? Who watches quiz programs? No, I don't. That's probably why I'm not very knowledgeable. I mean, you guys are knowledgeable. So put your hands up again who does quizzes. Anyone need any answers about anything in life? Go and speak to those people that put their hands up. You know, Wycliffe Bible translators and a few Bible teachers think that there could be a hidden message, a gospel message uh, listed in the genealogy of Genesis 5. You know, in Bible times, names meant more than they know, more than they mean right now. So, do you know what Andrew means? Like unto God. Yes. Oh, that seems a bit regal, doesn't it? <laughs> what about Joshua? Leader. Leader. It's like Jeshua, isn't it? That's what it means. Leader. So Joshua, leader. Bring it. No, not maybe. Come on, say so bring it on. Yes, I am. Who knows what Abraham means? Father of many nations. Who knows that God changed his name from Abram to Abraham? What was what, did, what does Abram mean? Anybody know? Exalted father. But God changed his name to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. And that's before he had any children whatsoever. Who knows what Noah means? There's a meaning behind his name. It's really simple. Comfort or rest. Who knows who Methuselah is? I know, I know Julie knows. Wasn't he the grandfather of Noah? Was he Noah's grandfather? He lived until what age? Anybody know? A box of chocolates for life. Hold on. A box of chocolates for life if you get this. 969. Nine. That's from John. He's a bigger so that doesn't count. Uh, come on. He's, you've got inside knowledge there, John. Oh, did, oh Shiva. Okay. Now, sorry, Andrew, but they've got to come to you for the box of chocolates for like, That's all right. I'm not going to give it to him. Here's another one, then. Who knows what his name means? It means many things. And if you study these names, they're very, very powerful. They've got very powerful meanings behind them. Who knows what his name means? I had a feeling that you would know, Judy. She's, she's Googled it, look. It means his, his death shall bring... That's what his name means. Do you think that's significant? Or do you think that's just... You know, he just got that name. When he died? The flood started, didn't it? That's interesting. Okay. If we were to look at Genesis 5, you don't have to go, but you, but you can. It lists all the names in Hebrew. And I've got them the meaning in Hebrew and the meaning in Greek. Now, you can either embrace this and say that sounds really good or you can think that's a load of old rubbish I don't believe in all of that but it's really interesting because I've studied this as well and it does take a lot of time to study these names if you'd have a look at them okay in Hebrew Adam and they all go after Adam, Seth, Enosh and so on Adam means man Seth means appointed Enosh means mortal Kenan Sorrow, whatever his name is. (laughs) Aren't you glad your name is Josh or Bill or Fred or Harry? Mahalel, come here. Oh, look at little Mahalel. Isn't he not cute? Yeah, that's his name. The blessed God. Jared shall come down. Enoch, teaching. Methuselah, his death shall bring. Lamech the despairing. Noah, comfort or rest. Let's put all that together. Man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. There could be a gospel message there. And we've, for us to study, if you just look at the pages of your Bible, you will grow. I do believe in that. But why don't you go a little deeper and start looking at the deeper things of God to gain more understanding? Because our Bibles are incredible. I've got my Bible there in my bag. That is the word of God. It's the word of life. It's living and active. It's not like a novel. It can change your life. Has it changed your life? Mm-hmm. Helen? Yes. Is, it, is it still changing your life? Yes. Praise God. I'm glad for that. Anyway, let's go on to our subject of heroes of faith. Who can remember the four things or the four principles that we were looking at when we looked at Noah? The first one, we studied the first two last week. What was the first one? Faith. faith. Is faith important? We can't please God without faith. Is that right? And did you know that you have the mustard seed of faith? Everyone's been given the measure of faith. Say so that. I have the measure of faith. And my faith can grow as long as I study hard. Yes, your faith, our faith can grow, can't it? And if it, if it doesn't grow, what's going to happen? It will just stagnate, won't it? What was the next one? Hearing God speak. How, how many of you know how to recognize the voice of God? We asked this question last week. Not everyone understands that. And that's okay. It doesn't make you any less of a Christian. But it's really important that we understand when God speaks to us and know when God speaks to us. Praise God. Aren't you glad that Noah listened and heard? He had no Bible. He hadn't been to Bible school. He hadn't been to faith school. He didn't come to Fields Church. He had no mentor. He just spoke to God. God spoke to him and he probably spoke back. Okay, the second two we're going to look at is obedience and faithfulness. So we've looked at the importance of faith that Noah had in his life and we need to understand that faith is important in our own lives. And we also looked at hearing how God speaks to us in various ways. Who remembers how and who knows how God can speak to us? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. How else? This side, anyone who's here? How does God speak to us? Through your Bible, any other way, this way, this side? Through other people, people speaking from the front and so on. Any any other way that God can speak to us? Through other people as well? Yes? Sorry? Through dreams and visions, God can speak to us. That's good. Okay. Now, we're going to have a look at the biblical account of the flood. And there are many, even Christians, that maybe just think that this is a story. That maybe Noah wasn't even real. Some view the flood As allegorical or just the story. But many civilizations throughout the world recognize and have, you know, seen these things in there. We can go back in history and see all the civilizations that talk about a flood. So it's not just a biblical thing. And some ask, was Noah a real person? We know Jesus mentions him, and that's the last verse we'll look at as we go through this series. Or today. So if you've got your Bibles, you've got your Bibles with you? Bring them up, your electronic device, take notes. Let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 7. I'm going to read from the New King James. You know, there are two worldviews. There's a secular worldview and there's a biblical worldview. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe man? Are we going to believe God, believe God's narrative or the world's narrative? I think as Christians, we should believe the world's narrative. And I said, the Word of God, our Bibles, are the inspired Word of God. That's what Timothy tells us. Isn't that right? Somewhere like that in Timothy. That it's given by inspiration of God. It means that our scriptures, the scriptures, are God-breathed. That God breathed on them. Yeah, we, we, men penned the Bible. There's only one author of our Bible. And that's the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay, the third point we're going to look at then. So we've looked at faith. We've looked about hearing, hearing from God or how we hear God. The third point is obedience. Everyone say obedience. Okay, let's have a look at this first verse of scripture then Hebrews eleven verse seven, by faith, not by ingenuity or by skill or by hard work or anything else, by his own thinking, by faith with confidence in God. I love this and His Word. Noah being divinely warned by God, so here we know that God has spoken to Noah about events what not yet seen. There's no rain on the earth. Can you imagine God giving you a project? Like, go and build a boat. You haven't had rain on the earth. There's no, uh, no such thing as rain. Spoke about God, about events not yet seen. In reverence, prepared an ark for their salvation of his family. Verse 7b, the b part of that verse says, By this act of obedience, everyone say obedience. He condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which comes... How? By faith. And when we look at these heroes of faith, we're going to get others over the next few weeks. They're going to be teaching or they're going to pick a hero of faith. What's your hero of faith? Who's your hero of faith, Andrew? Because I believe you're going to share at the end. Ruth. Ruth is one of your heroes. Have you any any Christian heroes? I know Jesus is our hero. But have you got people that you've looked up to in your walk with God that really helped you in your walk with God? Do you have any heroes like that? We're not to look up to them and, and, you know, oh, he's my hero. Jesus should be our hero. But we do look up to people as well that have helped us in our journey of faith. I think that's really good. You know, that word obedience in the, in the dictionary means to submit to another's authority. You know, Noah could, could have heard from God and said, who's that? Go and build a boat and get all these dimensions. Who is that speaking of? I don't know who that is. So obviously he recognised God's voice and he was obedient To uh, and is submitted to God's authority. You know, the word reverence is used in the King James Version in this uh, verse, and it's closer to the original language, and it means this, moved with fear. It doesn't mean to say that Noah was fearful of God, but he reverenced and honoured God. So when God spoke to him, he thought, well, God has spoken to me. I'm just going to do what he's told me to do. And it also means to act cautiously. So Noah submitted to God. He moved with godly fear. He acted upon God's command. Because faith is what? Action, isn't it? Faith without works is dead faith. Like I said last week, for Esther and I to come to England from South Africa, we had to go on a plane and come here. Is that right? You've got to be obedient. We haven't got a clue what we were doing. Planting a church. Anyone ever planted a church before? Maybe some have. You've probably pastored churches. Some people have. It's easier, isn't it, Steve? It's really easy work, isn't it? It's a piece of old cake. If you can't make it in this world, become a pastor and start a church. And I know if you did that, yours would be the perfect church. Probably have no one in it, but it would be the perfect church. Is the church perfect? Why is that? Because we're people, we're just humans, aren't we? And God knows that about all these guys as well. Did any of these guys make mistakes? These heroes that we're going to look at, did any make mistakes? Plenty of mistakes. Isn't that good to know? That even when we we make mistakes, God doesn't necessarily just overlook them. But hopefully through time and good decisions, like Josh's message on decisions. Thank you, Josh, for your message. It'll help us to make good decisions in the future, won't it? The word obey, a lot of people don't like that word, do they? We like that word in our modern language, obey, obedience, like, like training a little puppy to be obedient, training your children to be obedient. How many parents want children to be obedient? Isn't it funny? How do they learn naughtiness? I, I mean, come on, how does that happen? You, you don't sit and sit your children down when they're six months and say, so, oh, I'm going to teach them to be naughty now. They give you the 10 principles to be naughty for the next... Oh. How long are you naughty for? I don't want to offend any of the young people in here. Are we naughty up until the time Sorry. 60 years. 60 years. I'm still naughty, so we're all right. Yeah, so I'm a little bit above 60. But no one teaches the child how to be disobedient, do they? That's the opposite of obedience. We want our children to be obedient, don't we? We're not to break their will, but bend it. Because it's a good thing that they are a little bit oh, I'm not going to go and tidy my room. I wouldn't you damn it, they're not here today. I we went into Danny and Kim at his house the other week. They were tidying up. And they were in one room and it looked immaculate. And I said, God, what are you doing? Oh, we're just cleaning up. I said, that room looks immaculate. So well, we've just done that one. And I looked in the lounge. They couldn't see it. And I said, don't go in the lounge, someone. <laughs> Acts 5.32. Do you want to go there with me? Let's go there. What about obedience? Can we see anything in the Bible? It appears 206 times in the Bible, the word obedience or obey. Let's just have a look at a few verses about what obedience will do. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also, look at this, is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who are naughty all the time, who are really disobedient. Look at that. Whom God has given to those who obey him. So is obedience important? The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey him. Let's have a look at the next verse. In Isaiah 119. I'm just going to flick through these. Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. You know, we can eat the good things of the land when we're obedient to God. Blessing can be our portion. 1 John two five, The easy read version. Has anyone ever come across that before? It's easy to read. But when we obey God's teaching, his love is truly working among us. We can say we have all the gifts and everything else, but if we're not obeying God, Hebrews 5, 8. Jesus, our ultimate example. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And the last one, which is my favourite, Philippians 2, verse 8, New King James. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. How many of you would have liked to have faced that? You know you're going to die a cruel death, and yet you are obedient. Why was that? Because Jesus could see the day when you and I would be here worshipping him. Amen. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone, the Bible says. Aren't you glad that that Noah had the capacity to hear God? What if he was a bit hard of hearing? Because he was, you know, 500 years old or whatever. Before, you know, he could have been hard of hearing. What did you say, Lord? Does my dog bark? (laughs) Can you speak up? Oh, building arch. Yeah. Aren't you glad that he was? He didn't. He wasn't hard of hearing. He was 500. Another thing is he didn't start having children until he was 500. We're looking after our grandchildren. I'm just. I'm 71 now. We're looking after two grandchildren, and they wear you out after one day. After a weekend, I'm shot. My kids went away for a long weekend because they needed it. Because, you know, you need to get. I need children here. How many parents like to get away from their kids now and then? Just now and then. Not all the time. Not all the time. Just leave them on their own. And yesterday, we, we tried to go to a waffle house and we were going to treat the kids to waffles. And no place was open, obviously, because of the death of the Queen. We're going to make our own waffles. So we got the waffle. I got all this, I got ice cream. And we got Smarties and we got all different types of chocolate, Nutella, everything. I put all this. I took a photograph and I sent it to my son. I said, this is the price you pay for leaving your children with us. <laughs> let's, let's get back. Who got me on that train of thought anyway? Let's ask this question. Why was there a flood? If there was a flood, why was there a flood? This isn't just a cute story where this old, old geezer builds a boat and saves animals. It's a bit more than that, isn't it? This is God's story and plan of redemption for mankind. And if we don't understand Genesis, we really can't understand the rest of our Bibles. Okay, so if you would like to turn with me to Genesis 6 verse 5. We're going to have a look at that now. Have a look a bit. Look at why there was a flood. Are you at Genesis 6 5 yet? You know God has created. Don't you agree this amazing world? Who said that this morning in the prayer? Steve, wasn't it? What did you say? You saw a sunset or something, Steve, was it? Uh, No, flowers with water. Oh yeah, flowers with water drops on them. You said the, the drops look beautiful. We live in a beautiful world, don't we? But man's messed it up. God hasn't messed it up. He gave authority to man. He said, you go and take dominion of the earth. Fill the earth and multiply it, like some of the parents are doing in the church right now. It's fantastic. You know we've got lots of babies coming? Did you know that? It's another way to grow the church. Brilliant, isn't it? Okay, Genesis 6-5. I say, you know, let's go out and bring people in and parents having babies, which is amazing. Who loves babies? I would never have said, who heard heard Mark's talk about little babies, about what what they look like? Where is Mark? Is he here? Oh, okay. I'm glad he's to the toilet. Yeah, Because he said some ugly things about babies. They're all beautiful, aren't they? I would never say those things. Anyway, Genesis 6.5. Genesis 6.5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. Wow. Wow. You know, I believe God saved the best till last when he created everything on the earth. He created man in his image. And yet here we are in a point of time, us looking back at that, thinking what kind of times, what kind of world was it like? After God created everything perfect, what did he say when he created it? He looked back and he said, it is very good. Right? And then he looks at mankind and see what's going on in the earth and thinks, gee, what are my kids doing? They're messing up. It's not good. He was sorry that he'd made man on the earth. Look at the next few words. And he was grieved in his heart. That word sorry in Hebrew means this to be moved with pity, to be moved with pity, to have compassion. That's what that word means. The word grieve means this to hurt, to be sorry, to be in pain. That's not a sign that God's ticked off or miffed. God, look at that. Like, I'm just going to get my own back and just wipe them from the face of the earth. He was grieved in his heart. He was sorry in his heart. He felt pain in his heart that his kids are doing this to something that he created. And we're messing up and messing each other up. He's not angry. He's grieved and he's broken hearted about his creation. Wouldn't you be? How do you feel when your kids mess up? Parents, how do you feel? You might get a little angry and be You're not vengeful, are you? I'm going to make them pay for being so disobedient. You love them enough to discipline them. You know, we've been corrupted because of the fall. Let's have a look at verse 7. So the Lord said, I will destroy man. Whom might have created from the face of the earth, but man, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry. There's that word sorry again, that I have made them. But look at the next verse. Aren't you glad for the next verse? But Noah found grace. Everyone say grace. grace. In the eyes of the Lord. Aren't you glad for one righteous man? One man and his family were saved. What if Noah hadn't been full of faith? What if Noah hadn't have heard God? What if Noah wasn't obedient? You know, we wouldn't be here. I find that incredible. In the whole human race, he finds one man that is willing to do what God wants him to do. Genesis 6.11. Why was there a flood? Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of... Full of violence... There wasn't just things going on here and there full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for just a few people had messed it up. What does the verse say? For all, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. And there's much more to this story that we could have shared over the last couple of weeks. But these were the things I just wanted to focus on so that we can see why there was a flood. The flood wasn't an act of just want and destruction by God. I'm just, gonna, I'm just miffed. I'm ticked off. I'm, just, I'm, I'm having a bad hair day, so they're going to face the consequences of it. No, God was grieved, sorry in his heart that he'd made man. I think that's tragic. He was acting to restore some kind of goodness or godliness out of his creation. He was sorrowful and full of compassion. Grieved in his heart because of man's depravity. People were depraved. I believe in my heart, studied this a lot and taught on it quite a few times, and looked at it, and I used to think maybe God was a bit angry. And this was just, just God's judgment. But I believe it was an act of his mercy to try and get the earth back on an even keel. Otherwise, the depravity of man would have corrupted every generation. It would have just got worse and worse and worse and worse. How do we know that? Do we see anything like in Noah's day like we see now? Is everyone following God? People are just doing their own thing. Aren't they? So he was obedient. What about faithfulness? The fourth principle. If you want to go to or write the note two Peter five. The fourth principle is faithfulness. So the first one is faith. Second one is how we hear God, hearing God. The next one is obedience. The next one is faithfulness. You know, God gave these people every opportunity On well, Noah was building this ark. They say it could have taken a hundred years to build the ark. Let's go to our next verse. God did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people. Look at that. A preacher of a preacher. A preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. You know, the verse says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So we presume that he preached to these people probably for a hundred years and he didn't get one convert. Can you imagine preaching, Andrew, for a hundred years? You being a, or John, or any, Trevor, being a pastor or a vicar preaching, for all the years you serve God and not one salvation, not one person comes to faith. There were only eight people that were saved. Tragic, isn't it? And he was probably ridiculed all that time for preaching about righteousness. You know, we know the account of the flood must be true because Jesus parallels what was happening in Noah's day to his day. We did a teaching a little bit on the end times, didn't we? Just a few months ago. And Jesus' disciples came to him and we can read in Matthew 24, this is, you know, what will be the the end of the age and the sign of your coming? And Jesus said there's going to be many signs, but these are going to be birth pains before I come back. Let's have a look at Matthew 24, verse 37. For as were the days of Noah, this is Jesus speaking now to his disciples, for as were the days of Noah, so will be the, the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, so Jesus mentions there's a flood and people don't believe in a flood maybe even Christians think I don't know whether there was a flood was that really real I believe it's real Jesus is mentioning it here for as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day day Noah entered the ark so life life is normal everyone's just going about their daily lives verse 39 and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away so will the coming of the Son of Man be. People are going to be eating, drinking, making merry, life as usual, going on. And there's nothing wrong with those things. We're not saying those things are wrong. Now, I faithfully built that ark. Like I say, which probably took a 100 years. Preached to these people who God had created. Because man has sadly messed up and we're still messing up do you think our world is getting darker do you think our world is getting really dark are people honouring the word of God no are they living by the word of God no they're just doing their own thing aren't they the days of Noah are just like today with I believe men moving further from God There is a time when judgment will come on the earth. But Jesus says he wants none to perish but all to come to repentance. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. These can be hard things to study and read sometimes. But they're in the canon of scripture. And I'm hoping that the church can learn. It's nice talking, having nice messages about lots of nice things. But... Sometimes the hardest lessons that uh, are learned are when we see tough things in our Bibles and what God is going to do in the, when the end does come. But there's still time. If these days today are like Noah's day, then the earth is just heading for destruction. And One of the signs Jesus gave these disciples, he said, the gospel will be preached in every nation, then the end will come. And that's our job, isn't it? To preach the gospel. You know, when that door was shut on the ark, that was it. No one else could get on board because the floods then came. No chance. But today, right now, here today, this day, there's a chance for us, isn't there, to get on the boat, not to miss the boat. You're part of the family of God. If you committed your life to Jesus, just going to church and having life group and just doing church is okay. That's okay. But there's a lost world out there who don't know Jesus. So when every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never repented and turned to God, you're here today and you want to respond to this call. Would you put your hand up and say, yeah, I I need Jesus in my life. Or I'm not serving God like I I, I could. I've come here today. I maybe wasn't part of, I was part of church a long time ago, but I've been offended by church. Church has hurt me, but I'm here today. What about you? Would you like to come back? Would you like Jesus to embrace you? Back into the fold. Friend, God's not angry with you. He's not disappointed in you, he loves you and wants you to be a part of his family. Are you a part of the family of God? Ask yourself that question. Coming to church is good but it doesn't make us a Christian. Making Jesus the Lord of our lives, repenting of our sin, believing that Jesus was raised from the dead, confessing of his Lord, that's, that's what makes us a Christian. And then we need to come to church to learn all about Jesus. And learn about how we should live and conduct our lives in this evil generation like Noah. We need to be like Noah. We need to be shunning the things of the world and the message of the world. And embracing the message of the gospel. And maybe for you. I just believe God's dropped this in my heart as well. Maybe you're a little lukewarm. And you've got one foot in and one foot out. And you think it will be. I don't know which way to go. I like the world. I quite like church I like Jesus I like the world maybe I'm speaking to you today what about you making a commitment to God to say you know what I'm not really fully living for Jesus maybe you want to put your hand up as well and say that's me as well so first call you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life just raise your hand up more importantly I'll see but more importantly Jesus will see it just raise your hand up and say that's me I want to give my life to Jesus today anybody Or maybe you're here you're backslidden you're just drawn away from god but you're here today that's really good you know jesus is waiting with his arms open wide ready to receive you he's not angry with you he's not upset with you he's not disappointed with you he loves you and wants you is that you just put your hand up and say that's me i want to come back to jesus and fully serve him today anybody let's believe we're all right with god this morning if anybody needs prayer There'll be people at the front with lanyards on. Don't come and just have a chat with them. If you need prayer, just come to them. If you want to have a chat, have a chat with someone else. Is that all right? Just come forward if you need prayer for anything. Let's say you're worried about the times that we live in right now, that things are difficult now. You know what? I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but things are probably going to get harder and tougher. That's where we know that our faith has got to be grounded in our Savior. Do you understand, man? That's when we can stand when the storms of life come and they will come in everybody's life. If you need prayer, come afterwards and people will be here to pray for you. I'm going to close the service. We're going to have some fellowship.